0: Florida Gators recruiting has never been as fun as it's been. And guess what? We're going to keep talking about it only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first to listen of the day. We are available daily and free. Wherever you listen to the podcast, happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Hold on sports, Whole Line Sports and Miami sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Speaking of SI.com, I'm about to be joined by John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdowns Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for today's episode of Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash lockdown college terms and conditions apply. And John, it's been busy since the last time we spoke. I think it was last last Tuesday or last Wednesday that we spoke, but um things have changed. And of course, the biggest one for the Florida Gators being adding Marcus Stokes. So what is your opinion of him and your evaluation of him?
1: Yeah, I've seen Marcus a few times live, just saw him for several days at the Elite Eleven finals. And there's there's a lot to like about Marcus, I think, from from a physical standpoint, his athleticism and that right arm is, is live. I mean, he knows it. He's trusted. He's confident in that arm and, and he can deliver the football on a one throw evaluation, which is, is not a real thing. But if you needed to have the best ball in the country and you lined up every single quarterback and it was about arm strength and really pushing the ball down the field with relative ease, He's in the upper echelon of the entire country, and this is a loaded quarterback year. We've talked about half of them on this podcast. This is a great year, and from an arm talent standpoint, he is in the top, top tier of all the quarterbacks in this class of 2023. You pair it with athleticism and this confidence about him, and you, you get excited about his ceiling, about his potential. Once he develops, cleans up some of the smaller things, footwork, technique, protecting the football, etc. He's got the makings of of a legitimate power five quarterback who can almost create a buzz on his own just with his skill set. So I do think that uh, positionally very important for Billy Napier and company to get this done. Offensive recruiting in general had been questioned at best by, by the Gator fan base, especially relative to Miami's run and relative to some of the other runs we've seen in the region or in the conference in particular, but Stokes was a really good Kickstarter. Not not only do you keep an in-state quarterback home, and yes, he's from the same high school as Tim Tebow, but he didn't grow up in the area or anything like that. He's actually from Baltimore and then moved down to Florida and was just like, hey, I'd like to play my college ball here. Not only do you get that feather in your cap and keep him home optically, but he's also a flip. From a big-time program, Penn State has been able to recruit quarterbacks at a very high level level over the last five, 10 years or so. And talking to Marcus at the Elite 11, he was like, I'm going to Penn State, don't ask me about other schools. But then he was like, I know Twitter is saying Florida, blah, blah, blah. But then he just downplayed it immediately. Like he brings up the Gators and then he flips a few days later. It's like, I see what you were working with there, Marcus. But yeah, a legitimate pull for UF. I'm very curious to see if they do any other damage at the quarterback position, but... Even if this is the end point, this is a really nice get for Florida, especially relative to how quickly it seemingly pivoted from losing, you know, the big optical battle with with Jaden Rashada and some of the other quarterbacks that were high on the board. Dante Moore comes off the board to Oregon as well. Um, so, So to get on Stokes and flip him so quickly, when there wasn't even knowledge of a scholarship offer out there, I thought was really nice timing and, more importantly, execution by Napier and this offensive staff.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you said it could be their end game at quarterback. They could add another one. I'm cool with either one. Uh, my biggest issue was not having that quarterback was clearly hurting the class. of just like, well, who's going to be there? They don't have their big name. And that was the worst thing public perception-wise. But uh, we spoke, like you mentioned, we spoke about every quarterback around. Um, but we spoke about Arch Manning and Jaden Rashada a lot. And one of the things that we spoke about them was they will entice other players to come play with them. Other receivers, running back linemen, even defenders will want to come play with them. And I'm not expecting Marcus Stokes to have that same effect, but is there a an influence that he has? Because we see him on Twitter. He's like, hey, come be a Gator to everyone and their mother. Um, but <laughs> will he have an impact in that sense?
1: i think so and i I think it's it's less optical right the moment arch manning committed to texas you're like okay let's predict some kids to go to texas because it's gonna happen it's just it's business even at that point with marcus it's more personal i think if you are around him and or you actually talk to him or sit down with him you can feel kind of the orbit he creates it is more narrow than just the kind of i don't want to say boring the arch manning i guess stability let's call it that is just like high-profile business, marketing, all that stuff, eyeballs. With Marcus, it's a little bit more specific, I should say. Very confident kid. He's got a swagger about him that isn't for everybody, but it's for most, especially teenagers who play football at a very high level, and that's what's most important at the end of the day. So I do think, particularly with offensive targets, it's going to help. And and we've already kind of seen a little bit – of that, not only like you said with him reaching out to guys on Twitter, but once this kind of 904 to Gainesville movement began, which is really centered on him, he kind of have picked has picked it up and run with it. So I think particularly Duval County, St. Johns County type kids, um, as well as other offensive targets, I think he's going to be a little bit more likely to help the Gators close with with some of them as as time moves on. And look, there's still a lot of names to know at wide receiver. Tight end recruiting is still kind of TBD for this class of 2023 at UF. So it's a good time to get that quarterback corralled in where he could start to peer recruit some of his future uh, pass catchers in particular. And
0: we're about to talk about a couple of his future pass catchers. But first, a quick word from Rock Auto. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. And don't even get me started on talking to the people that work there at times. It it's the worst. I just I'm letting you know that. And it the prices are insane that it's like that you have to order their parts on their computer from their supplier, and it's way more expensive at their price. No, just you have a computer, you have a phone, you've whatever it is that you have, use it, go to Rock Auto, go explore their easy to use website today. I could do it. It's easy, believe me, to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on. And they're, How did you hear about us, Box? So they know exactly who sent you with amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Now we're back with John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's director of football recruiting and locked on's recruiting insider. And like I said, we're going to talk about some of Marcus Stokes' potential. Future pass catchers. And first up is the one that committed literally 20 minutes after Marcus <laughs> Stokes. In. I know Marcus Stokes committed and I was like, okay, I'm going live. And then before I even stopped recording, the chat was just blowing up that they were like, we got T-Web, we got t and, and so everybody's losing their minds there. What is your evaluation of Treyon Webb?
1: well a big modern running back who who has done a little bit of everything at the high school level a million state titles already at trinity christian in jacksonville which is is kind of just the expectation at this point uh, a kid who's well traveled as a recruit as well early commitment to georgia then he jumped on with lincoln riley at oklahoma and then of course that coaching staff changed and really from that point it became more of a stay closer to home deal. Uh, Florida, South Carolina were, were among the programs that really kind of stuck with him uh, through this portion of his recruitment. And of course, he you know he picks uh, Tennessee was in there too. Of course, he picks UF there in the end. I believe his father attended Florida as well, so that legacy rolls on. But just an interesting kid first of all, but an interesting player as well. He's listed as a running back, six foot, six one right around the 200-pound mark uh, right now, very comfortable downhill, uh, can really open up his stride and make big plays in chunks with his vertical running ability. But, you know, you watch him on Friday nights and 7-on-7, seven seven, he's playing safety, he's playing receiver. There's there's just a football player mentality with this kid. And, again, he's experienced, multi-year varsity starter, I think since he was a freshman, and he's got some rings to go along with it. So the bright lights, you know, will not affect his psyche and demeanor. And and now I think because of multiple commitments, the coaching change in Oklahoma really caused him to pause and reset everything in his recruitment, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder talking to him most recently at, at a couple of events. And that's a great thing at the running back position. And as a recruiter, right, you want to, you want a guy who's going to help you build something vocal, a known name in the state of Florida. It didn't get a, a much more known than a, a freshman varsity guy on a multiple state Championship type team uh, in Trinity Christian than, than Trayon Webb, so I think it profiles really well for the Gators. And then you you know you start to look at the future of the roster, and he fits that modern profile as a running back you can hand it to, but also one you can work with out of the backfield, which is more and more important in the college game.
0: Yeah, and I mean you mentioned his multiple commitments and then decommitments, which one of the most irritating things about him not that he like has committed and decommitted. But that Gators fans are just like, oh, he commits a bunch of times and then decommits. It's like he did it once. The second time was he committed to play for a coach, and that coach was gone. Like so, who right. cares at that point? Yeah. And then the day after that, Friday, the Florida Gators added another offensive player. Took a few hours um, compared to when he was supposed to commit, but uh, <laughs> little miscommunication there. But Eugene Wilson the third is a Florida Gator, and and what's your opinion of him?
1: Just an electric slot receiver type, a dynamic route runner uh, and a guy who after the catch can absolutely take the top off of a defense and, and make guys look silly in the process. He's a little bit more deliberate of an after the catch guy than a Kadarius Tony who's a joystick and just kind of his own, in his own lane, if you will, on and off the field, I would say. Eugene is much more deliberate after the catch. Maybe not as quick as Tony, but top end speed, he is right there with KT, um, and he's just as damaging to a defense uh, because he can just outrun you and he can break some angles, not just ankles, uh, with his straight line speed. He accelerates incredibly fast, uh, and he's a competitive kid. He plays for Team Tampa in seven on seven land. And he's, he's gone at some of these top corners with relative success over multiple years now. Not the biggest guy in the world, but, man, you just watch him and you see the game evolve uh, to what it is today. And those kind of guys can be wide receiver one. You know, it's not, you're not pigeonholed anymore as a 5'10", 5'11", type of wide receiver. You can be the guy regardless of size, but you got to bring something extra. And Eugene brings extra juice both as a route runner and certainly as a bit of a track star in the process. And then you throw in NFL bloodlines and the fact that this was a real national battle. Yes, he grew up a Gator fan. It was it was UF's race to lose, but you still had to go out and win it against Oklahoma, against Texas A&M. Alabama was involved earlier in the spring. It, it became a legitimate battle as, as more and more people saw just how electric – this kid was he was my favorite receiver at at the Under Armour Miami event this year and that's probably what I should have led with because if you're the most head-turning receiver at an event in Miami you've got Saturday and probably Sunday potential so I'm, I'm extremely high on, on Eugene Wilson I think he's among the top 100 150 players in the country regardless of position and if you start to break it down by a position wide receiver or slot receiver he's one of the best in Florida and that's a big compliment this year
0: Yeah, and I mean, now Florida, in the past week, they added their QB, their running back, another receiver. They added uh, TJ Searcy earlier in the week last week. What, for the Gators, should be the priority for the remainder of the 2023 cycle?
1: Well, you certainly expect more in the trenches, and and they've got a lot ahead of themselves. On the offensive line, they, they had some, let's be honest, notable misses, here lately right Lucas Simmons Francis Maui Goa Roderick Kearney with that dramatic leaving the official committing to FSU like right after that whole deal so optically that's that's I think the position where where there's a bit of a need compared to others but again there's a lot ahead of, of Florida in terms of the targets that are available up front on the offensive line some of them are committing this month and and, and soon thereafter so I think you can correct it Pretty quickly, just like you did with quarterback, running back, and and wide receiver. Uh, Defensive recruitings looked good. I think the D-line is strong to date. There's more targets, you know, Walker, LeBlanc, et cetera, set to come off the board uh, later this month. That can certainly add uh, to that haul. So I think you're good there defensively. Need more in the secondary to me, uh, and I think you're going to need some more pass catchers. I mentioned no tight end committed just yet, and multiple receivers – on board, but you probably need to double that number. I think you've got two good ones. You probably need to bring in at least two more. And Florida's looking really good for Aiden Mizell. Um, They are the public leader for Andy Jean, the former Miami verbal commitment who just dropped his top five, but really we're looking at it more narrow than five. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of buzz that he could commit sooner rather than later. So I think Florida's in really good shape. At the wide receiver position, uh, especially with the foundation that they have uh, recently added upon with with Eugene Wilson, who we just talked about. So, yeah, I think O-line, tight end, receiver, maybe a little bit of secondary prowess is, is probably where you're looking next. Uh, eventually, you'll get a couple linebackers in this class as well, but you're in the state of Florida. So I think, I think they're going to be quite fine uh, there at the second level defensively. But yeah, I think the, the month of June and into July has been really good for UF, particularly on defense. But the offense in the last week has begun to catch up. So as as Miami went on its run and perception started to really change in the state, I think Florida's done a really nice job of, of countering, especially relative to Florida State. Although they did win the Lucas Simmons battle they just lost Chris Parson at quarterback. There's a little bit more uh, stagnation with with Florida State right now compared to Florida and Miami, which are two of the five hottest teams in the country in recruiting. I think uh, Tennessee is one of them. I think LSU is another that that's really hot on the trail right now. And and then it's it's Florida and Miami as as far as where I sit in that SEC ACC footprint. And then we're
0: about to take a look at even further into the future. But first, a quick word from Built Bar. I had something really cool happen to me in the past week or so where I actually got DMs from people that were like, Hey, I just bought Built Bar. Hey, I just bought Built Bar from listening to your show. And that was one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. Cause like I've seen other people be like, Yeah, I have that all the time. And it never happened to me. So, that's awesome. I'm going to let you guys know that. But if you don't know about Bilt Bar, Bilt Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. Nice and sweet, which is great for me because I have a sweet tooth. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. You could throw out your hidden stashes, Reese's in the desk drawer, Kit Kat in the cupboard, Oreos, wherever you got them. Bilt Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, and you'll never get bored and you won't feel bad. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order with built or builtbar.com. To wrap up today's show, we're taking less of a focus on the 2023 recruiting class for the Florida Gators. And not even talking about a, recru- a recruiting class in specific, but recruiting is a year-round thing kids in 2025 get offers at this point it's not I mean there's no David Sills right now but we're (laughs) we're working towards it um what does 2024 and beyond recruiting even look like right now
1: yeah it's a really good question Brandon you know I think for for Florida you're always able to jump into that pool a little bit slower, right? Because you are in the state of Florida, obviously. You're an SEC program that has a, a brand and national appeal that is recognizable coast to coast. So you can be a little bit later to the game compared to your bottom tier Power 5 programs, your Indianas, your Purdue's, your Syracuse's, your Rutgers. You better start offering those kids now and start you know, getting traction with them now. Florida isn't in that, that same um, – bubble if you will. So I do think you got a little bit more time to jump in on 2024. But look, we know it's Billy Napier. Uh he comes from from the Saban and Dabo tree and and that conventionally says you build a class from almost like you're building a starting 22, right? You're going to bring in a quarterback, you want to bring in heavy trenches five to ten players combined on both sides of the ball you're always going to prioritize the secondary because you're it's a pass first game same deal with edge rushers and then conversely you're going to bring in some pass catchers on top of it so i do think uh that it's going to be a little bit more conventional and maybe easier to project out for, for that group because it won't be The transition class that we just saw, and it won't be the first full class that we're talking about right now with the class of 2023. The culture will be more established, the targets will be clearer, the needs will be more prevalent. Uh, So it'll be a little bit easier to say, hey, we really got to go in on this position so you can react accordingly. But of course, they've offered a bunch of young prospects, particularly in-state. They're probably the favorite for Eddie Pierre-Louis out of Tampa Catholic High School, the younger brother of Richard Goriage. They've got a former commitment in Jarek Gibson, who's one of the best Players in the state of Florida. He's from Gainesville. Uh, he's blown up and become this Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State target. Uh, but Florida's going to stay in that mix all the way uh, until the end. Obviously, you get into the northern part of the state, uh, you know, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, that triangle, if you will, has long been good to the Gators. And I think you'll still. Uh, see some prowess in those metro areas with with kids who grew up wanting to play for UF and will eventually uh, get that opportunity. So, yeah, I think it's going to be much more of a conventional class and those needs are going to be more apparent, I would say, as soon as we, we get closer to the end of this uh, college football season. So that's an advantageous position to be in, especially compared to last year when Billy Napier and company were you know trying to win their Group of Five conference as opposed to building an SEC recruiting mm-hmm. class.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also, I would think if Florida has a good year, it just makes them that much stronger. It's like, it's a first year. These aren't even my kids here yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would imagine that really sets it up. But yeah, how do teams even, I guess, figure out who it is? Is it just going to whatever high school and just watching a senior and then seeing his underclassmen teammates? Or how stable is it to really – find a kid that's in the future going to be a sec player
1: yeah that's it's a great point certainly the spring evaluation period if if you're at lakeland high school if, if you're at tampa bay tech or tampa jesuit or st thomas aquinas or miami northwestern you're not just watching your senior targets you're certainly identifying and catching up on on some of the younger talent uh at certain positions and, and yeah it, it provides a natural gateway to to the next wave but you know, otherwise you're you're casting a really wide net, right? I mean, you're you're offering seven quarterbacks in the class as opposed to right now in 23, they're like one here, and then like months go by, and then there's a new offer. It won't quite be that early on uh, for the class of 2024. You'll cast a, a much wider net and probably have a more successful rate of reciprocation because now you know Billy Napier's there. You know the culture that is trying to be established. You might get up for a game. During the season, I mean, there's so many parameters to uh, build out that class of 2024 recruiting board and it'll continue to evolve. But yeah, with the spring evaluation period, the 2021 football season all behind us, that board has already been reshuffled a couple of times. So you would imagine that it's going to happen again once the games start, uh, I guess, as early as next month, which is actually exciting to say out loud. Oh man, I can't wait. Now that you said it, I, I,
0: I just can't <laughs> wait for it. Uh, thank you, John. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's director of football recruiting and On's recruiting insider. Find him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore J R N Garcia Locked On. And then, yeah, well, you'll be
1: here and all around
0: the On College Network
1: everywhere. Always a pleasure, Brandon. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily. And free rugby listen podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Pro Football Focus's college football season preview magazine. That's a mouthful about the Florida Gators. I'm make your second listen, Locked on SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 7 at 90. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, only on Locked on SEC for Locked on Gators I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports and GiantsCountryofSI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.